Welcome everybody to another episode of the King's Table, where it's all about bourbon, brotherhood, breaking bread. Yes, sir. Uh, what are we sipping on today, good brother? We're sip- sipping on Hudson Whiskey, New York. Mm-hmm. Bright lights and big bourbon. It's a New York straight bourbon whiskey, straight out of the which river? The Hudson River <laughs> in New York. Well, it's not really from the Hudson River. They use water from the Hudson River. <laughs> so we're going to be... This may be. This actually may this, be our last yeah, episode. this could absolutely be our last episode. Mm-hmm. We may all be infected with all types of, <laughs> all types of pathogens when we're done. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, I mean, let's, let's, let's clink, clink, clack it. Clink, clack. First we clink, then we drink. <clears throat> okay. Not bad. Not bad at all. It's a, it's a very vanilla-y. Definitely tastes a, a vanilla note. And um, super super earthy, too, at the same time. Yeah. It's good. It's got a little spice on it. Mm-hmm. So I was reading that it lingers more... It lingers longer than the average bourbon. Um. Which is also interesting because New York don't make that. <laughs> New York ain't known for bourbon. New York is known for bourbon. <laughs> this is this is pretty good though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got a little spice on it. I agree, it's a little earthy. It's nice and bold though. I, I, I mm-hmm. kind of like the flavor. It's it's bold but not rough. Makes you feel like a man. Yeah, like a man. Do you feel like a man yet? I feel like a man. <clears throat> I feel like I can yeah. go into battle. Yeah, this is. This. Man, I'll be honest with you. This is actually how I fight my battles. How do you fight your battles? You fight your battles with bourbon. <laughs> with bourbon. <laughs> Tell us about it. It used to be with rum until I graduated. Yeah. I mean, you know, before I graduated, <laughs> I fought my battles with brandy. With brandy? <laughs> I, had, I had two twins I used to go into battle with. <laughs> Irk and Dirk. <laughs> That's crazy. I, 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 shit. I guess I've never been that low, either. Yeah. Cause I, I, I used to, I, I used to have this little posse. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some good guys though. Mm-hmm. They were called the Christian Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the Man. Christian Brothers. Yo, what was the first? What was the first like drink you had? The first alcoholic beverage I had was uh, Paul Masson. Paul Masson. Good lord. It was. You know, it was affordable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, did you purchase it? No, I didn't. How, how old were you? I, mean, I was rather young. How old were you? I was 13 the first time I had my first drink. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. It was a little late. That was a little late. <laughs> According to the laws of this great state, <laughs> yeah, it was rather early. What's crazy is, so I had my first my first taste of, of beer probably around like five or six. Mm. Um, first taste of liquor, which was, I, I don't remember if it was, if it was Haitian rum or Kavasia, because I know yeah. my, my granddad and his guys, they used to drink Kavasia a lot. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's between those two, but I know it was, I know it was at seven. So at my house, how we grew up was we, we, we had all the parties. Right. So you know what I'm saying like some of everything <laughs> that we weren't supposed to be. Yeah. Seeing and doing. And of course, 
his guys, my granddad's guys come kids and it's always turned in like a little gathering, like a domino night would always turn yeah. into a party. And um, what's crazy is that's how I grew up thinking how to define like your manhood mm. is by what you drink, huh. right? What what you drink um, when you start drinking okay. and could handle your liquor. Okay. So you know what I'm saying like um, that they, they, they probably gonna think that I need therapy after this session, fam. Yeah. Well, I but, mean, <laughs> you do. <laughs> you said I do. We all do. But um, so I grew up, I'm saying like with, with using it. Well, I didn't start enjoying it until later on in life. Right. I'm saying, but like throughout high school, I'm saying obviously we, we would drink. And what's crazy is um, 151, mm. right? Bacardi 151. We used to have a contest to see who could drink 151 without making a face. Oh my god! <laughs> no. Um, and and so it was between 151 and Ray and nephew, Jamaican rum. Mm. No, I mean 151 alone is. Like, it's poison. Yeah, I mean technically it's all poison. I mean it is. All it's poison. just not delicious. But poison. you said bourbon is how you fight your battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I, I don't think any more. No, nah, I don't think it's it's certainly not an issue anymore. Uh-huh. Now that I'm mature, okay. now that I know how to um, how to enjoy it, because it's it's like it's like anything. Like you, somebody could tap have a gun and yeah. use it for the bad, right? But but it could also be used for good for sports. Target, you know. Um, same thing with food. If mm-hmm. you have too much of it. Yeah. Let me say, certainly cause harm to you. Um, but but now, like, I kind of transition, like, the moment where I got, I have an appreciation. Like, I don't drink it to get drunk. Yeah. Um, all the time. <laughs> all I mean, the time. you drink enough of it, you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got some stories, too, man. Yeah, if, man. If y'all don't follow us on Instagram, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, underscore Kings Tape. Yeah, absolutely. And there you'll be able to see some of our journeys, because uh, I think Nashville... Was Nashville. probably one of our best experience, like a travel travel experience. Nashville was a great trip. You know what I mean? It, that it that you remember? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do recall Nashville. <laughs> yeah, we looking at pictures. I we're like, yeah, this, ha- this from, happened, but it was a good trip. <laughs> you know, the thing about Nashville is that yes, it's a great music town, but it's also an extremely great whiskey town. It has a mm. really great whiskey culture. Absolutely, and. Um, I mean, you know, for guys like us that like a good bourbon, I mean, that's like utopia. Absolutely. You know. Everywhere we went, we had phenomenal drinks. <clears throat> yeah, and the people are really inviting in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't think it would be at first. You know, I, that that wasn't... So I think that's my third... Maybe, yeah, maybe third time going to Nashville. Mm-hmm. It. I think the people there are pretty nice. Like, if you, if you know how people talk about Southern hospitality... <laughs> I think you can get a little bit of that in Nashville. You you definitely had you definitely made a best friend that night. <laughs> <laughs> you, de- you definitely made a best friend. I wasn't the only one making. <laughs> but anyway, these battles. So I yeah, mean, these, as as a man, you, you mm-hmm. fight your battles with bourbon. I I think I think growing up, I'm saying like with therapy not being uh, something that we as black men thought was normal or healthy, right. right? 
there's only weed ain't my thing. Okay. So so it's like searching to find a vice. I'm saying, well, not I didn't I didn't have to search for it. It's always been there. Yeah. But using using it to to mask, using it to cover, using it to numb myself, using it to to escape, if you will. Um, and it was that the I, I had I had low points in life where it was all I would do is just <laughs> just, say, just drink. Yeah. Uh, those were my rum days, <laughs> and um, I can't say that it was a hundred percent bad for me because mm-hmm. I I did I do find it important to be able to disconnect yeah. and to be able to yeah the problems are always going to be there right. but I'm a thinker bro right. right and sometimes I will overthink myself to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and just stay in my head and, and me being, I'm alone already. So me being in my head, just thoughts are brewing. Right. <laughs> and I'm I'm not only thinking about plan plan B, but I'm thinking about C, D, X, Y, Z. And I don't know, I, I just always found it as a as a crutch to deal with life. Yeah. I mean, I <clears throat> so I definitely know the perspective. I mean, at one point in my life, I was, um, I struggled with alcohol, mm-hmm. right? So just, you know, coming from my background as in the military and stuff like that, there was a point where I was, I, I, I have never been a person to drink every day, mm-hmm. but there was a point in my life where when I did drink, <clears throat> I would just straight up binge, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To, to the point of blackout, to the point of waking up not knowing how I got where I was, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to, I had to gain, I had to regain control, you know, so I, I kind of detoxed off of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a drink like for months. I found other vices, you know, just things to, you know, reading, meditation, whatever it was to kind of disconnect from that because it is, alcohol is a, it is a poison. It is a drug. Like it is something that can alter your mental state, mm-hmm. and I I really pride myself on being a clear headed mm-hmm. and level headed, and I got to the point where I was not, you know what I'm saying. So I kind of had to wean myself off of the dependency, yeah, yeah, to to be back in control, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know. Like it's, I think alcohol, just like food. Just like people, weed, what all these different things, if you don't control it, if you don't put a certain level of moderation on it, I mean, it can control you absolutely. Nice facts, you know. So I, so I think with to the control, the point of control is because I have a high tolerance, mm-hmm. I would convince myself that <laughs> I'm always in control. And for me, it's more controllable than like, let's say, if I were to smoke some weed, um, because I I, it's just something that it's not second nature, but I'm I'm comfortable. I'm something that I'm used to. So I'm saying like, I never found myself even curious about experimenting with 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 anything other than saying like your weed or your liquor, right? Um, Because it's just not, and I and I guess it's like a lot of self will. Yeah. And me having, me having the state of mind that I, for one, I want to be in control. Two, I don't ever want to be addicted to anything. Exactly. Um, cer- certainly, I've had, had have addictions, yeah. <laughs> right? 
but um something that that I know I won't be able to come back from and I'm just the shit I'm not just interested in like I I do I do want to say I do want to try coke one day. <laughs> that will not be something that I partake. In. Yeah, now we're going to do it together. No. Nope. In fact, in fact, when we do one of our mystery editions, <laughs> I'm gonna stir. <laughs> I'm gonna stir it in the bourbon. <laughs> well, see, I already see you, you messed up already. <laughs> you ain't gonna know. Talking, nah. All right, just don't drink no open <laughs> bottle from my house, bro. Exactly right. <laughs> I'll be drinking water from now on. Out. Even the water too, brother. The bottle water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't believe in bottled water. But it's bad for the earth. Plastic. Yeah, sure. It's bad for plastic. I, I get that. Yeah. But you know, it's, when you talk about fighting your battles as a man. Like for me, I find that it is very important for for men to have an outlet mm-hmm. um, because we work, you know, and you you can get overwhelmed by it, and then it's like, you know, society for the longest has kind of taught men, especially black men, mm-hmm. right? Like you can show no weakness, you can show no vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You have to be on at all times. You, and then you already go out into society having to wear a mask. And it's not necessarily like a mask of masculinity. You do have to wear this mask of, like, how do I fit in the society and make myself presentable mm-hmm. or acceptable to a whole society that may intrinsically have a bias against me, right? And that's a lot of pressure every day. And... Sometimes we don't have an outlet, you know, so I, I think it's important. The way I fight my battles, honestly, I, I need solitude, music, mm-hmm. and some type of mindfulness and some type of pursuit that doesn't affect my my livelihood. Sure. You know, that's kind of how I fight my battles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> About that. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their ways. Like, for me, I find myself... So, I don't do the whole day drinking thing. Because, right. um, in fact, uh, at a very dark point in my life, and I'm saying, like, I was working. But I was also in a very deep state of depression. Yeah. Um, no one knew. Yeah. Our family didn't know. Um, this is when, um, when I just had... Uh, even Elijah, um, no one knew I was depressed. Yeah. Uh, and it was at a, <clears throat> a point in life I felt as though I didn't have direction. Yeah. I, was, I was involved, bro, uh, involved in, in saying like in politics. I was involved in, um, it, it, was, it was at a very transitional point in my life. Yeah. But I'm saying like I felt as though things kept on happening to me back to back to back to back to back. Whereas at one point, I'm saying, like, this is me being completely transparent and intimate. Right. Uh, I was homeless at a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at that point where um, I have a smile on my face, right? Yeah. But when I'm home, well, not home, but where I was staying at, yeah. literally I was drinking a bottle of the day. Yeah. And for that moment, it certainly wasn't healthy. But for that moment, it at least stopped me from, let's say, making a bad decision or 
overwhelming myself with my thoughts. Because I do that and I'm literally staying in the dark and just and I go to sleep. Um, and the only times I, 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 I wouldn't drink was like when I had to pick up the kids or spend time with the kids. Yeah. Um, but other than that, man, like, so that's why like, I, I never want to get to a place mm-hmm. where I'm not going to stop. I'm never going to get there again. Mm-hmm. I'm very cautious on my habits right. and my disciplines and things that I do. And and for now, like, obviously this is a podcast about bourbon, right? Right. Um, it's, it's, it's transitioned from sipping to get drunk, but sipping to enjoy, yeah. enjoy the moment, being able to say like mellow out, relax. Um, and it's because you're not drinking to get, it's, it gives you a different state of mind. Yeah. It's much more of a, a controlled consumption, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> and obviously quality kind of plays into that too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you drink some Henny, or we fighting, or yeah. we, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. that, that's a different vibe. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I think I, I think one thing that you said is, like, you were in a dark place, and you really were drinking to, to numb the pain, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's very common. I mean, we all have something that we do to kind of numb our pain. <clears throat> you know, and kind of having, having dealt with some of those issues myself, I never, I don't think I ever really turned to alcohol to numb it other than that short period in my life where I was dealing with a bit of like PTSD and, you know, Frank, to be honest with you, like a lot of my drinking, like at this point in my life where I was, had come from being unable to forgive myself for one of my best friends committing suicide. Mm. So... It was like I prided myself as a soldier on bringing my entire squad back home. You know, two deployments, 25 months in combat, boom. I brought I brought all my guys home. I'm like, yo, I, I have accomplished a very important thing to me. But then we get back home and like one of my best, best guys, you know, he commits suicide. And I, I, I carried this a lot. Is somebody, this is somebody you served with. Yeah. Okay. But, but like, we were friends. He knew my mom. My mom used to call him like a son mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, um, you know, when he when he, when he he committed suicide, I was the only person that he would talk to. So the day he passed, September 11th, actually, uh, 2006. And, um, yeah. You know, like he wouldn't talk to nobody at that. Mm-hmm. I was the only person he would talk to, and I had a lot of stuff to do. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go down there later on, and you know, I'm gonna talk to him later on. And then they called me, hey, you know. So from that point, I I was struggling with being able to forgive myself mm-hmm. for not stopping what I was doing to go make sure he was straight. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. And like, I, I hadn't gone to therapy yet about that, but it, it took a minute. And it wasn't until, you know, I started going to church regularly, learning learning a different story about forgiveness. Because as, as a child going to church, um, it was a much more Calvinistic perspective. And the way it was presented was kind of like, if you do this, then this is the consequence. And when I became an adult, 
I'm dealing with some of the heaviest burden emotionally that I've ever carried. And it was like, no, you know, the word says that, you know, God will he'll forgive you. Mm-hmm. You know, his he will make your burdens light, right? And I had to lean into that. And then also I had to forgive myself and let myself be free from the pain of like, you could have saved him because I could not have saved him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was drinking. It would be only on the weekends, but I was drinking heavy, mm-hmm. really heavy. You know what I'm saying? And then I just had to kind of let that go, but I had to forgive myself. So well, that's were, why. Were you a Christian at that point? Yeah. You was in his world, brother, Christian brothers? Yeah, I was. But same but thing. at the same time, though, you can, <laughs> you can go to church and not truly be in church. Yeah. And yeah. you can get lost in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I had to I had to kind of forgive myself of that situation. And I, it wasn't about the liquor. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The liquor is just a it's an inanimate object. Yes, it does have an effect on you. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about that. It was about me forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that in our black community, we don't do enough of that. We we don't forgive each other mm-hmm. and we struggle to forgive ourselves. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, single moms out there, they're dealing with the the stress of the world. They got these kids. They got this job. They got, you know, a man that they haven't forgiven for whatever happened Mm -hmm. in the relationship. And they haven't forgiven themselves. And it's just this constant cycle of pain and anger. And it's the same way with the men. You know, we society tells us all these negative things about we ain't this, we ain't that. And so you get a lot of negative programming to think that you're no good. You can't forgive yourself, so now as soon as somebody you feel like disrespects you, you want to go kill them. Yeah, it's 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 unresolved PTSD because mm-hmm. um, it's like seeing our being taken from your 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 home. Yeah, I'm saying stuffed on a ship, um, being beaten and raped in front of your wife, your children. Yeah, then to see your wife being beaten and raped in front of you. To come to a, a land, a place, right? Not just here in America, but to to, to, to be in a place yeah. that's completely foreign, yeah. and you've been treated like shit since you left home. Yeah. All, all of that has never been dealt with. Yeah. All that anger, all that hurt, all that pain has never been dealt with. Never. So what I'm saying to fast forward it to now, 2021. Yeah. I'm saying to fast forward that to now, where we can't, we don't know how to treat each other. Because we've never dealt with the the trauma that we've endured originally. Absolutely. Right? So we take on the pressures of life, things that we go through, whether it's on the workplace, um, whether it's in our families, whether it's just being just being messed up in the head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because a, a lot of people like mental health is 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 real, bro. It's, it's, and yeah. and I'm glad it's be that I'm glad that, that conversation is becoming more popular now. Cause imagine in the nineties we knew what mental health was. Right. We wouldn't have the. I don't think that the crisis would have been as bad. Yeah, given drugs was there, yeah. <laughs> right? Drugs was introduced to us, but drugs was just an outlet to deal with the harsh realities that we were in. Right. So it's like I'm, I'm glad that we're having these conversations about mental health. I'm, I'm glad that I'm saying it, it's a thing. I'm glad that it's it's becoming more and more popular. Right. Um, now, now that we know about mental health, you know what I'm saying I think it's important to start making therapy more normal. Right. 
I'm saying the same way. What <laughs> people I people I grew up with, right? Like niggas in the hood, they don't even go to the doctors for physicals or the dentist, right? But that mind, it that the mind, the thoughts have to start changing so we could say like, yo, like niggas. I'm trying to figure out how deep. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure out how, how how deep we should go. Um, niggas would catch STDs, bro, mm, yeah. and not and not want to go get checked out un checked until out. they find out from Shorty right. they got an STD, which causes fertility issues amongst other things. Among a, a lot of other things, but you won't even get yourself checked. Then you you smashing other chicks, yeah. and it's a cycle. <laughs> And, and when when do you go to the doctors and, uh, until you start leaking and burning? Right. So you got the burnies, <laughs> burnies and the leakies. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's so much trauma behind that, and I, and I do, I do like the fact that we are talking about mental health more and more. More there's more like black therapists, mm -hmm. uh, which you know, full disclosure, I happen to be married to one, but like there's the black facts initiative. Check them out if you are in need of any type of mental healing. They also provide uh, family therapy, yes. therapy for children, uh, couples therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you check out the Facts Initiative. Yeah. Now back to our program. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate that plug. But it's it's one of those things where we as a community, for so long we've had a lot of stigmas, mm -hmm. right? Like... If you're a man and you show your emotion, then somehow you're weak. Yeah. If you're a woman and you you're hard hard about your standards, then you're difficult. Mm -hmm. Right? Or if you go see a doctor and say, Listen, I feel like I'm in a black hole every day and I can't get out, then you're crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and so now that we're starting to talk about mental health and there's more people going to therapy and things like that, I, I think it's a great thing. But even before you get to the therapist, like there are ways to kind of manage your stress. And I, I think personally, one of the most important strategies that I have for managing my stress is a simple word. It's one of my favorite words. It is the most beautiful word in the English language. It is the word no. I thought he was about to say sex. <laughs> That's now, beautiful too. Right? <laughs> the word no is important because you have to know how to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people deal with mental health issues because they don't know how to say no. Yeah. yeah. So what happens this is- shit just keep piling up. Yeah. Piling up, yeah. You got a million things going on. They may all be great, wonderful things that are super productive and you're helping a lot of people. But then you got no time to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're no good to nobody. So like say no sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's a strategy that I, I use. Just say no. Yeah. And y'all talk about them Republicans. I, I, they sleeping good, good at good, night. Good old, good old uh, what's her face? Reagan's wife. Just Nancy. say no campaign. Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan. Yeah, yeah look at that. The Republicans swinging, swinging in with great old... Yeah. Therapy. <laughs> Just say no. Just say no. But yeah, man. I think one of the other things you can do is you have to find an outlet. You have to find a a, a positive outlet, like a hobby. So we were, we were talking about that earlier, bro. 
about how growing up black, right? There's a lot of things that we shy away from doing and experiencing because there, there's a stigma to it that that's white. Yeah. That's, that's what white people do. Yeah. As far as like <laughs> kayaking, canoeing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying hiking, yeah. being out in nature and right. stuff. Like, yo, th- those are horrible statements. I tell you this, like anybody that knows me now knows that y'all love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Anybody that knew me coming up know that I was, I was a hood booger. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like m- my, my transition was because I was introduced to things outside of the hood, bro. Yeah. Like I went to a private middle school, you know what I'm saying? And they used to take us hiking. Yeah. Niggas from the hood, <laughs> I'm saying, going on nature walks. On nature, walks. <laughs> nature walks. We did a 21 mile um, canoe trip in New Hampshire, from New Hampshire to Vermont. Nice. And we slept in tents and the whole nine. Like, yo, when I tell you, going back, going back to the hood, it was like, yo, this can't be it, fam. Yeah. This can't be it. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was privy to go to. Um, they took like a group of us to. Um, to a, a youth violence con- a, a youth violence conference. Shit, this is back in the nineties. Yeah, back in the nineties, late nineties. Um, took us to a conference and exposed us to them saying like being outside of the hood. Mm-hmm. Exposed us exposed us to learning how to connect with somebody that that has something going on. Um, exposes exposed us to them saying just a different element of living of life. Stayed at a five star hotel. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was five star. It just sounded good saying it. Experience. It was, it was a nice hotel. <laughs> it probably was a five star. It was a nice hotel. But um, yeah, just so to that point. So so now I find myself closer to God when I'm in the elements, when I'm when I'm on the mountains. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Seth came hiking with me once, right? <laughs> and he see how, how I get in and meditate. You know what I'm saying? Like I go close to the edge. Yeah. Close, sit down, make sure I'm, you know, safe and comfortable. Right. Close my eyes and just and meditate and pray. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just literally, it's me and God. There's no distractions. That's important. That, I mean, that's real important to center yourself. So, I mean, for, for me personally, like, and it's a different conversation, but like my principles, mm-hmm. um, I lean on them a lot, right? And one of those things is, again, my faith is a part of that. And then also kind of like my philosophy, but... Part of that is just being quiet sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be doing, you don't necessarily have to be sitting in the yoga position or, but sometimes it's just- Oh, I like can't cross quiet. my legs though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I struggle just, with I can't do the, the whole yoga poses yeah. and shit. But like I, I just, just sometimes you have to just like take a deep breath and, and it's you're not going to be perfect all the time. You're still going to deal with stress. You're right. still going to struggle. I still I struggle. I mean, I've had recent struggles with it, but like sometimes you just need quiet, mm-hmm. like no TV, no no music. Sometimes you just need just peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like I'll take a drive. I'm, I'm driving a lot anyway for work, and it's just some days where I'll be in in the country somewhere on an old country road driving, windows down, no music, no nothing. And just just taking it all in, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And then just just to give you like a moment of peace, because we got a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as you turn on your phone, you're going to hear either about who's the latest black person to get shot by a cop. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear about 
you know, what sports team loss you're going to hear about, who's wearing this, and then you're going to turn on Instagram and see why somebody's life is better than yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you get, like, you can literally look at your phone and get all of that mm-hmm. in a matter of seconds before you even give yourself any type of gratitude. Right. You know? Um, and that's important. Like, my wife, for her, a big thing that she's trying to, constantly trying to teach me is gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, one thing that we did it was actually my idea some years ago as we came up with these things uh, called love jars and just oh, write sweet. a bunch of messages. Okay, 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 yeah. no, okay, no. <laughs> Hold on, let me write that, let me write that down. <laughs> love jar. Yeah. But it's like a bunch of, <laughs> you know, messages and like coupons and things like that for each other. And it's like, you give, you give that to your partner, you get one back. And as a single person, you can do that too. You know, you can just write things you like about yourself. I don't know. But you can pull something out of your jar. <laughs> I like your beard. <laughs> <laughs> you pull something out of your jar, and it could be—it could just be a word to like uplift you, mm-hmm. you know. And so, standing gratitude, I think, is important for people. Um, having a hobby yeah. is important. Something that you can kind of—it's kind of like mindfulness for you. So, so let me ask you this, because I, I do def—I definitely want to touch on on mindfulness. Yeah. But uh, real quick, do you, do you have a hobby? Yeah. Yeah, so I like to go fishing. That's a hobby <laughs> of mine. Okay. I like to go fishing. I like stories, man. My fault. I like I like stories. Yeah. So I so recently I, I did my um I went fly fishing. I guess technically you could say for the first time. Yeah. Um so we went up to uh Pisca National Forest here in North Carolina. Beautiful spot. Beautiful oh area. The North Mill, we went out to the North Mills River side. Yeah. Wading in the, like, waist deep in the water, mm-hmm. trying to catch trout. Fly fishing is difficult. You know what I'm saying? It is, it's much more complicated than, than what I do. But there was points when I was out there, it was raining like crazy. Mm-hmm. Cold. Definitely not stuff black people do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fly fishing, like, yeah. raining, and it was a cold, of us. in the water. Yeah. In the woods. In the woods. Some like true backcountry type stuff. But like there was points where I was out there for like 30 minutes at a time mm-hmm. and completely alone. Mm-hmm. And all I could hear was just like I could feel the, the cool of mm-hmm. the water against my waders. Mm-hmm. I could hear it rushing. It was kind of like these little like rapids and stuff that yeah, you yeah, want, yeah. you know. And mindfully, yeah, you're casting trying to catch a fish. But, like, there was a one time I remember specifically where I just sat down on a big rock. Mm. I just sat there for, like, 10 minutes. Like, look at God's creation. Yeah. Like, I'm just in it. You know, and then and the, the interesting thing about being an American is, like, as an American citizen, you're a public land owner. Mm-hmm. So, I'm an American, goddammit. So, for <laughs> black people, specifically for black people, because... Mm-hmm. You know, we have these misconceptions about going into the woods, which is based off of our history because they have black codes and, and we have been lynched and things like that. But here's the thing. You as an American citizen are entitled to every single inch of public land in this country. Mm-hmm. Your tax dollars pay for it. Go outside. Disconnect. Take You got a park in your city. Go take a walk. To, to that point with, with mindfulness, like life... You're gonna hit mindfulness is not like always being quiet. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because in, in life, I mean, no, no matter what, <laughs> you're going to hear sirens. You're going to hear yeah. cars. You're going to hear birds chirping. Yeah. You may hear your children. You may hear somebody trying to call you. Yo, life is going to happen. That's it. You know what I'm saying? You may hear notifications on your phone going right. off. But mindfulness is not a, it's not about I'm saying just having a, a moment of quiet. Yeah. It's it's having a moment of peace. That's it. Like yeah, life is gonna go on and your surroundings is gonna be making noise. But the mindfulness part is to take that on to embrace it. Yeah. But find that inner peace within you to it's it's gonna take practice. It takes <laughs> right? practice. it takes it takes a lot of practice. Uh, I don't think one can ever say they've mastered mindfulness. Right, but just to be able to start that journey or to be in the process of learning how to be mindfulness, what learning how mindfulness works, yeah. it's just close your eyes. Yeah. Close your eyes. Yeah, you're gonna hear stuff. Yeah. You you're gonna get distracted. That's how the brain works. That's how the brain works. Yeah. I and an and it's not abnormal. No. It's complete it is normal yeah, yeah. to do it. Like I have an app called The Smiling Mind. Mm-hmm. And it's a mindfulness app. And so every morning as a part of my routine, like the first thing I do when I get up, you know, I make my coffee, I mm. read my Bible, I do some journaling, and I do mindfulness before I work out. And I get on the app, and it's, it's guided meditations, mm-hmm. and some of it is simply just breathing exercises. And it's like, so it's as short as two minutes. Mm-hmm. But coming out of that, I just feel like, Okay, for that brief moment, nothing else mattered. Right. I'm, I'm cool. My stress level is down. And let, let me kind of move on with my day. And, and that's one thing I think that we can do to kind of manage our stress. Right. So to, to that point, how... Okay, I'm not going to ask how important. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are some habits and disciplines you have now Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and you touched on it and saying like some of your routines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How, how important is that to your daily living now? And what are some of those? I know you just mentioned a couple, but what are some of those disciplines and habits that you have? So it, it is very important. So having having a routine creates it allows you to create a schedule. Right. Because I'm, I'm real big mm-hmm. on like putting stuff on my calendar. Right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise. I'm gonna feel like I'm in chaos. Mm. But the other, some of the things that I do is I journal. I, I, I'm kind of a follower of Brendan Bouchard and this mm-hmm. high performance mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I have one of those high performance journals where essentially, you know, there's a spot where you can write in what are your top three priorities for the day, who do you need to connect with the day, and what's your to do list or whatever. So I write that down in the morning, so I kind of know what's facing me for the day. So that way I'm not just reacting to stuff. I can kind of see it coming. Um, like I said, I, I do my mindfulness practice. I'm not 100% consistent, but I do it. Mm-hmm. I get some physical activity in, which is super important because the body the body is meant to move. Right. Um, and then every day I read something to challenge me or to educate me. So most days, yeah, I, I do the... the the reading plans in the Bible, uh, the Bible app, the U version app, or whatever mm-hmm. I do those, and you know I'm, I'm reading stuff right now by Ravi Zacharias, which kind of challenges me. But sometimes I just read an article from different blogs or something like that, just to challenge my 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 brain to think about something. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, it's like putting things on my calendar is, is a very important thing to me because I need to know. I need to know, like, what's coming for yeah. the day, you know. Yeah. What about yourself? Man, for, for, for me, like, pro- I'm always thinking about process, right? Um, so the disciplines that I that I have in place is, like, in the morning, like, yo, if, if I don't, I'm up at 5 now, between 5 and 5.30. Um, if I'm not up and out of bed or doing something productive, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to throw my whole day off. Because right. then mentally, I'm like, trying to catch up with what I didn't do. <laughs> um, so like writing and reading, I find myself uh, able to retain information better in the morning. Because yeah. at the end of the day, man, truth be told, like, yo, you don't want to think about nothing. <laughs> you don't want to, especially because like being a business owner, right. um, being a parent, you know what I'm saying like, there's just so many moving parts to, to the day. At the end of the day, it's like, yo, I, I just want to like, decompressing, not really think about anything. Um, So I try to get as much done in the morning as I can um, just to at least not have to worry about it throughout the course of the day. And the day is just for action. The morning, I spend planning. I I plan on planning. Um, And the disciplines, man, like, yo, bro, like with this whole uh, quarantine weight that... (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people put on <laughs> ten to fifteen. Oh uh, man, me included, bro. So so like trying to shake that off now. Yeah. Um, trying to um find ways to motivate myself because one minute you could be motivated, and and that's an, another thing. Like yo, we're our biggest enemies when it comes to motivation. Facts. Because it's like you're laying in the bed comfortable. Yeah. You saying out that bed comfortable. They ain't like, nah, you know, just five more minutes. Mm-hmm. I just could give myself five more. Uh, just 20 more minutes. And that 20 minutes turns, that five or 20, 20 minutes turns into a whole hour. Snowballs quick. And you sleep. Yeah. Then you wake up, you're like, I know this for me, pissed. <laughs> I wake up. Like, pissed. <laughs> I wake up groggy right now. Yeah. More sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, 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 right. I wonder why that is too. But like. In reality, yo, five extra minutes to sleep ain't going to do nothing. 20 extra minutes to sleep ain't going to do nothing. Yo, have you heard of something called the Nappuccino? Nah. So a friend of mine told me about a concept called the Nappuccino, where essentially you drink coffee mm-hmm. and go take a 15-minute nap. And they say by the 15 okay. minutes, the caffeine will kick in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you wake up recharged from your power nap and the caffeine. Okay. Eh. Haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried it either. In fact, well, I guess I tried it by default the other day. <laughs> I was sleepy as hell, man. So I took a little car nap. But I was drinking coffee <laughs> to stay up. And I was like, man, F this coffee. <laughs> so I pulled over, man, to um a parking lot. Man, listen, found, found me some shades and took me a little. I wanted to take a 20-minute nap, yeah. but it was about an hour. <laughs> it was about an hour. You but, went to sleep. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Listen, drooling my beard and everything. <laughs> Yo, but the nappuccino, um, yeah, I guess by default, because when I, I mean when I woke up, I felt great. Yeah, I felt great. I'm gonna try that nappuccino at some point. I know you got some quick fire questions. Last call. This is 
the last call is kind of what we like to call our quick fire segment. So we're talking about stress and fighting our mental battles. What you got? All right. So the first question is uh, life mantra. Life mantras. Wow. So for me, um, one of my life mantras is, um, so I say to myself sometimes that God is faithful and I will keep working. Mm -hmm. Then sometimes like when business is down or, you know, I'm struggling at work or something like that, I just say that like, all right. So I just keep working, you know, I'm, I'm a worker. So it's kind of like, I figured my, my whole thing behind that is like, it's kind of like chopping the tree. If I hit it enough times, it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about you? Man, my new life mantra is life goes on. Life goes on. Life goes on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people, people die. Yeah. People are born. Facts. Things happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, life just goes on. Yeah. And that's been helping me out because I, I stress about things. Yeah. I'm a planner, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I stress about things. If something's not happening in time for me, yeah. I'm stressing about it. Yeah. <laughs> and my anxiety starts flaring. <laughs> I know. First time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so so life life goes on. You know what I'm saying like thing, things happen. Just, just, just I'm learning to keep it pushing. So yeah, life goes on. Yeah. Our second question is, <laughs> you're a jerk. It's, it's, it's pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, what's your, what's your, just give me one pet peeve or do you want to give me three? I'll give you one. Um, give me two, two pet peeves. Okay. So number one is probably when I'm having a conversation with somebody and. They cut you off like that. <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> it, they just like, they, they don't. Listen to listen, mm. and they just listen to the argument, mm. and it's kind of like, eh, you know, I, I don't like it. Yeah, um, and then that that actually happened last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watching the fight. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was, was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I would say another pet peeve of mine would be when people call me. To ask me for advice, mm. but they have all the answers. Mm. So it's not like, well, why did you call? Yeah. Why did you waste my breath? You know what I'm saying? And my time. Yeah. I got 15,000 words a day. You just used <laughs> a thousand of them for no reason. Now I got to be mindful of these last 500. <laughs> What about uh, you? Pet peeves. Oh, uh, man. Pet peeves. Bro. <sighs> Which one can I use? People not being mindful of my time. Mm. Yes, that's, that's one. People not being mindful of my time. And I, I it irks my soul. Yeah. <laughs> it irks my soul. Um, I so I say people not being mindful of my time. Uh... The other one is, I, I'm on the same line with you. Like, don't ask me for advice. And we've had this conversation over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that's waste. That's waste. So, so it's like, I take that personal because it's like, well, you didn't value the advice that I gave you before. Yeah. So that means you don't really value my thoughts, my opinions, or the wisdom that you think I have. 
That's interesting. I, I, yeah. Uh, what is the, what? A, give me, give me two songs for getting you through. So, um, Do It Again by Elevation Worship. I, that's mm-hmm. my favorite, like, Christian yeah, song yeah. or whatever. Um, and then... I say I'm off. Yeah, that's I'm the mountain. And then... I believe. Nas has a song. He got plenty of songs. Mm-hmm. But he's got a song on Stillmatic where he's like, uh, you're the man. Mm-hmm. Or it's like they're playing to take me out the top of the game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I understand the truth. It's all like, like that song right there, I could listen to that joint on repeat. Like when I'm just in that. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying. Because he, he's, yeah. He's speaking on that joint. So that's, that's my favorite. That's <laughs> dope. Joint. So, so for me, I am an island boy. <laughs> so. Rude boy. Yeah, my. Boop, boop. So. My first song is a song by so there's a, a Haitian artist. He's actually the former president of president of Haiti. Um, Sweet Mickey is his artist name. Uh, he has a song called "I Don't Care." <laughs> I don't care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a funny song, but when it gets to that point, it's mm. like if. It, it it just speaks to me, man. Um, I'm so compa is like my favorite genre. Obviously, you yeah. saying I'm Haitian. It's it's it, it's, in your it blood. T- it's in my blood. It touches my it, it touches me. Yeah. Um, that's how I am about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's dope. I think I think we need to talk about music. Do a whole episode on music. We, we gotta do that. Yeah, we gotta do that. That, that should be, be one of our next ones. That would be dope. Um, my my second one is a soca song. Again, because I am an island boy. <laughs> um, there's a there's a soca song. I want to say it's by. Um, nah, that's not he. He just remixed it. But uh, it's called Good Morning. Basically, wake up in the morning. It's it's a new day. Yeah. I'm saying soca island music, soca music is vibrant already. It just Good puts vibes. you, yeah, it just puts you in a, a certain mood, a certain state of mind. Um, so I'll say those those two, are probably like my uh, my songs for getting me through stress. So, Soka and Compa. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So last question. Okay. Last one. Cause it's about bourbon. Last call for alcohol. Brotherhood and breaking bread. Yes, sir. So, what is your favorite bourbon to chill out to? Ooh. Your favorite bourbon. Favorite bourbon to chill out to. So for me. That's going to be either Gentleman's Jack or Maker's Mark. Mm, okay. Like, yeah. Just Maker's, you know what I'm saying? It's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. It's, it's a workhorse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that that Gentleman's Jack is just a little bit more elevated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like Maker's Mark in the soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a good vibe, man. I love, I love both of those. I love many bourbons. Yeah, same here. But and, those are. And what's crazy is, like, they do, maybe it's metal, <laughs> but they all do something different. Like, it gives you a, a different vibe. Yeah. That should be another one. Yeah. Like, we're going to have, like, 50 different bourbons, and we're going to go through all of Just them. Just taste all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Remember the whole Ben's drinking thing outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm about to <laughs> But um, remember that other word I said. 
So Makers is definitely one of mine, but I'm not going to use Makers. Um, for me, I'm, I'm a big fan of Weller's, man. Um, it has to be the 12, because anything lower than the 12, um, it's still great, great quality. I, I tell you this, this was a very, <laughs> damn, it's, it's kind of fucked up how it, it is my favorite liquor store and why. I was there so often. So the owner, anytime he got something new in, <laughs> anytime he got something new in, and say he's like, yo, you should try this. He's saying, um, I like all my glasses. They're saying I had, yeah. I got for free <laughs> all my cups and stuff. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, but yes. Yeah, so he, so they only make. Uh, I think it's like the. It was one of their limited editions. They only had. I want to say 10 in the state. They had 10 in the state. My man saved the bottle for me. And it cost over $1,000. That's love. Yo. That had to be good. Oh, it was phenomenal. So I held on to it for a few years. Um, In fact, when I didn't crack it open to, I I shared it with you. Yeah. Yeah, I shared it with you. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good bourbon. Yeah, yeah, you owe me. That was a good burger. <laughs> Yo, me. Another another one of my favorites is Buffalo Trace. Yeah, that's that's a solid burger. Yeah, that's Buffalo to me, Trace. Buffalo Trace is another one of those workhorse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a blue collar bourbon. Yeah. That's what I would call it. But if you want to get there fast, yeah. <laughs> bullet bourbon. <laughs> oh, it's so smoky too. Oh uh, yes, sir. Uh, so that's probably like the only bourbon I'll take shots to. Yeah. Alright, one of the only one of okay, we, one of the many. We have taken some yeah. shots of some, some top shelf. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Didn't pay for them. Didn't pay for them. We didn't steal them. They were gifted. <laughs> that's, from, that's, that's from that's that's from uh, one of uh, <laughs> one of Ken's best friends. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but no, nah, nah, this has been great, man. This this is this is definitely uh, a dope conversation. Absolutely. You know, we definitely appreciate y'all for tuning in. Keep tuning in, following us on IG. Uh, like and subscribe to po- to the podcast um, on uh, Anchor FM, Stitcher, all those places. Everywhere you could hear podcasts, yeah. we're on there. Yeah, and if you if you do Apple iTunes, mm-hmm. definitely give us a five star rating. That definitely helps to push us up to the top of the rankings. Absolutely, and um, you know, so you can see us. We get more visibility and we get to bring more of these podcasts to you. And we definitely thank you for for your support, uh, for listening, and thank you for uh, yeah just being with us along this journey. Absolutely. May fourteenth. <laughs> listen, we don't know if y'all are gonna hear this before May fourteenth, but yeah. if y'all are here before May fourteenth, <laughs> we're actually doing a live event. Yeah, that's what uh, this is gonna be one of our first events. Um, the goal is to kind of do these quarterly events to showcase artists, to showcase local businesses. Um, I mean, we're a platform, so it's important to us to share our platform with with others that are contributing to change within the community. So, um, so yeah, thank you for listening to uh, another episode of King's Table, where it's all about bourbon and breaking bread.